Welcome everybody to the Rosecut September update. I'm joined by Mike. And looking back over the past month, what we saw in August was a bit of a pullback in uh, markets, particularly as we rolled into September. Some of the technology stocks that had been doing really well, they uh, they sold off a little bit, but uh, they're now regaining ground. I think there were a few interesting observations around the derivatives market and, and some new players in there and, and what was going on with implied volatility. Uh, and you were talking uh, to me about this, Mike. Can you explain what you were seeing in the market? Hi, Daniel. Again, another eventful month, which was, I think, marked by the run-up and then the, the fall in, in tech stocks. And that, that run-up was inspired by two particular actors. One, apparently the Japanese investment firm SoftBank, buying up huge volumes of call options, which are derivatives that give you the right to buy underlying shares in tech stocks. And then we've also seen what I would describe as kind of a mania or frenzy for retail investors in buying very, very short term and very, very risky derivatives on tech stocks as well. So that that contributed to huge derivative volumes. It contributed to a sharp uh, at times, breathtaking rally in tech stocks and also a rise in volatility. And then the, the unwind of that, those tech positions saw the tech sector correct about 10%. Bro- broader markets like the Dow were, were less affected. And I think a lot of that riskiness and, and those positions in tech are now being, being taken out of the, the market. And I think while markets are still at high valuation levels, not quite as stretched as they were at the end of August, beginning of, of September, which gives us a bit more time to focus on, on the economy. I mean, we had the, in most cases, the V-shaped recovery so far. Some indices, Daniel, suggest that that's sort of the, the speed of the V is now going to, to slow down in the coming months. Yes, absolutely. There's a, a particular index that I watch called the Citigroup Economic Surprise Index. And this essentially works by comparing people's estimates for the future to what actually is announced. And what we saw over the summer was everybody had really low expectations or estimates for economic numbers and so forth. And things just never got quite as bad as they were expected. So in a strange sort of way, this index actually surprised to the upside. Now, what tends to happen over time is that it's mean reverse. So it goes back to average levels. And we're starting to see that already And so what that essentially looks like is expectations have now increased. People think that actually economic growth is coming back and therefore it's harder to surprise on the upside. In fact, it's more likely that the actual news will disappoint a little bit. Now, this is a potential negative for equities, but the market still looks to be driven by the prospect of interest rates being lower for longer and liquidity being very plentiful rather than uh, just economic growth. And this is probably a trend that's going to continue I'll hand back to you, Mike, if you could just talk a bit about some of the news flow we've seen out of central banks recently from the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England. So we've recently had meetings of all the big central banks, Bank of Japan, Bank of England, more recently the Federal Reserve. And I would sum it up by, by saying that they are all continuing to generously provide liquidity, except that they're not undertaking new liquidity programs which I think has left some some investors a, a little bit, bit bit sore, given the, uh, the the way markets have become so inured and so used to liquidity. 
I think the backdrop is that we're still in this overall strong liquidity-driven market. Other instruments that central banks use are beginning also to appear on the horizon. The Bank of England has talked about negative rates. So again, if you're in the UK, you, you have uh, deposits, you could be penalized for holding those depending on the size of those deposits. It will probably undercut the share price of the uh, domestic banks and financial institutions. And I think it does speak to the, uh, the need to think about putting money to work in the much longer term across a, a, a portfolio. Uh, and then, Daniel, I guess, you know, we look ahead, plenty of uh, events coming up. We have uh, Brexit, we've got the, the US election, so quite a, a packed agenda for, for the next month or so. Uh, maybe you want to finish up by just giving a sense as to how we're positioned into that. And uh, I think the takeaway message is to say that we are still positioned in a cautious manner. So it's not outright defensive um, because there's still potential upside uh, for all the reasons that uh, we've discussed. But we are conscious of these political events that are coming up and uh, what could happen as a result of them. And so we still have 15% in cash, which we can deploy if we see uh, some interesting opportunities as a result of these events in the future. So that's the sort of things that we've got to look forward to. I look forward to chatting to you again, Mike, next month and we'll see what happens. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Uh, chat soon.